Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's the tax man. He may not be a superhero, but Tony Morrow has saved many retirement plans with his extreme knowledge of tax planning strategies. It's time for Plan with the Tax Man. Welcome to another edition of the podcast. It's Plan with the Tax Man with Tony Morrow and myself to talk investing, finance, and retirement. And we're going to retire with honors on this podcast. Basically, I want to do some financial planning lessons from the classroom and we should probably insert like a chorus of booze right here because no one likes uh, <laughs> the classroom is that I don't think many people do anyway but you know we always take these uh, different analogies and ways to look at finance and retirement and how we can kind of draw parallels to other things in life and so we thought why not do this and school is kind of ending although I guess it might have made more sense to do this with school starting but we're going to do it as school is ending uh, and hang out with Tony a little bit so let's get into it Tony how are you my friend I'm fabulous, you know. Early May, the weather's getting good, and like I said, the kids are getting out of school. I got a couple of in-laws that are retiring from teaching, so this is kind of uh, appropriate. Oh, fantastic! That works out really well then. So, were you a good yeah. student, or or were you are you an average student? Were you what kind of student? Were, 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 elementary school, middle school, Tony. What's uh, what was going on there? You know, elementary school, middle school. And even some of high school, I always got good grades, but always wanted to do the minimum possible. Mm-hmm. I didn't really find out how how I should have been doing things until college. Okay, and uh, so I was a good student, you know, and never had any problems. But always wanted to work ahead and and you know basically again do as do as little as possible. Which yeah, um, well, a lot of kids you know. are that way, right? Yeah, and, and you and I are we're ch- children of the well, we're children of the seventies, I guess, but teenagers of the eighties, right? Yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, and it was definitely a, a back and forth at that time period for sure. Well, because that's our first one, Tony, is homework. Nobody likes homework, right? I mean, no, I, 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 there's always maybe one kid that was like, "Oh, I love homework," right? But for the most part, nobody really liked homework. And and some teachers, I know several teachers, they don't they don't necessarily enjoy giving it out either. But sometimes it's a necessary evil and if you think about what you guys do you know you guys try to do most of the work but sometimes you need the client or the potential client to do a little homework yeah we do and you know back in school i mean even to this day you know we always still talk about friends and i have how we really wanted to work hard so we never had homework you know you always try to get it done just do it right yeah right just you know somewhere but you know, in the retirement planning area, you know, in all financial planning areas, I mean, really, the people that are going to try to go at it themselves are going to be in for a lot of work, a lot of homework, you know, and they're going to Oh, yeah, really especially the DIY. To, yeah. Yeah, the, the DIYers are going to be in for that. So, you know, you better just plan on it. Otherwise, you know, it's going to be painful or that's what leads, in my opinion, to a lot of people not doing anything because they feel like it's too much work and they don't know where to start and they just don't do anything. But you know, a good advisor basically is going to do uh, most of the work f- for you, right? But you do have to help out some. You know, it can't just be total hands off because then it's not your plan. You know, then it's my plan, and so you know, you, you we want to try to make it fun and enjoyable, so it's not work. You know, and and you have an interest in it, and not try to make it so complex that you know you feel like you're. I mean, I was terrible in science, you know, and just <laughs> didn't want to be there ever. And uh, so we don't want to make it like that either. So, right. you know, you got to try to think about it in that in those terms, especially when you're working with an advisor. They are going to take a lot of the work off of you. For sure. Yeah. They're going to try to take as much out of there as they can for you. But you've got to have that vested interest, too, because let's be honest, you if you're not putting in 
a little effort, you know, are you even inclined to, to exact the plan, right? To go through it yes. and follow the steps and do the things that you need to do if you don't have some buy-in. So while we all hate homework, uh, we certainly want to make sure that we're doing, you know, the things that we are being assigned by our financial professional, if you will, for lack of a better term. And usually yeah. that's some pretty easy, low-hanging fruit. So it's not like it's a real big deal. All right, let's do number two here on the financial planning lessons from the classroom. Standardized testing, which has been a big topic of conversation for many years now, uh, isn't always ideal. And, and I think I, I agree with that most of, you know, overall, I think I agree with that. Not everybody learns the same way, right? So, yeah. you, you know, like my wife's very analytical, I'm very visual or, you know, whatever the case might be, right? And uh, and I think that's probably fairly similar in the financial world, when you think about like the, to me, I, I guess I go, my mind goes to the cookie cutter, one size fits all plan strategy in this, in this regard. Yeah. I mean, it, it's another one. I always have to relate it back to my own experiences. I'll tell you when I was a kid, I was, I was like one of those guys. I hated these standardized tests back when I was a kid, it was called Iowa basic skills. Everybody had to take this. Mm. And I, I can't remember if it was a day or two, but literally we were just filling out little bubbles on sheets and, you know, we didn't care. We just, well, if it's standardized, like, you know, we always thought, well, we'll just make little designs and get through this, you know, and not even really try, <laughs> right. which is, which is terrible. But um, I do think getting back to the financial world is it's the same thing. You know, if you just take some uh, boilerplate financial plan or, you know, you, you just take, say, one mutual fund, for example, mm-hmm. and uh, you're just going to put all your money in it. You're probably going to be okay, but probably, you know, it's probably, you know, and there's really no plan there. And I don't think that people should just take a, a standard boilerplate type of plan and try to adapt it to what they're trying to do. I think it should be the other way around. It should be custom to what you want to do rather than some standardized thing. And that's where an advisor is going to be able to help you, you know, all along the way there, rather than just saying, here, do this, here's a template. And if you do this, you should be fine and never come back and see me. And that's the uh, thing. There's the, there's the operative term right there, right? You should be fine. Right. Yeah. You should. Yeah. Right. right. And it's and like, so, well, I don't, I don't you know, want to go with should it, the, to me, that'd be like my mechanic fixing my car and saying, well, I put the tire back on. Uh, I think I did a good job. You should be fine. Yeah. You should be you fine. Know, well, yeah. if I'm yeah. doing 70 miles an hour, I don't want to know that I'm, I should be fine. I want to know I am fine. <laughs> That's right. You know, and I, I do some do some flying uh, on my own. There, okay, a, there you go. Private pilot. And, you know, boy, when it comes out of maintenance, it's like, you know, I want to I know that this thing, you didn't miss, you know, the some screw on something or whatever, because right, right. Uh, I don't get, to, I don't get a second chance. Right. We, and, we, uh, have you seen that meme, Tony? Uh, it's not, well, it's a meme. It's a real picture, but they turned it into a meme where it's a guy on a, I don't think it was Southwest. I can't remember which airline it was, but he's out there with duct tape, uh, taping, uh, I, I guess part of the cover on the, on a, one of the engines, right. Part of the, the housing oh, around right. it. Right. And he's yeah. ducked it and they're, and they're like, yeah, yeah, it'll be all right. It'll get to the next, and, you know, and if I'm sitting inside the person inside the plane that took that picture had to be terrified Did they stay on the plane. Did they get off? Right. Yeah. <laughs> be like, ah, duct. I mean, duct tape's great, but I don't know if I feel like airplane. Great. Yeah. You know, when I, when I was training we, in the small plane, uh, the mechanic, I walked out one day and we had duct tape on the wing. Okay. We, I it, guess it, it's a it thing. Was a bird strike. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it cracked. And I I went and asked. I said, you know, geez, we got duct tape on this wing. I mean, you know, we am I going to be okay here? Right. Uh, well, you're sure a brave man. Would. You're a brave yeah. man if you did it, but still. 
I did it. I did it. You know, he said, no, no, he explained it all, but right. Yeah. It's, it is interesting. Um, because we, we don't want, I don't think we want a lot of shoulds in retirement planning. Right, probably. Yeah. I mean, we want to be able to show people, you know, based if you do the, on this, this, and this over this time period, you know, uh, I like to use, and I don't like to share it with them, but I like to use a lot of, you know, analysis with the computer and say, you know, if you do this, you know, you've got a 95% chance or, you know, 97% chance of never running out of money. That's something people can relate to. Not, well, you should, you know, we hope you don't run out of money right? Yeah. type of thing. You yeah. know, we, we want to give them some, some, uh, some facts and things yeah. like that. So some assurances anyway, are but, certainly, no, that's a great point though. It's a great yeah. analogy. Uh, all right. So number three on the list here is everything has pros and cons. Uh, certainly that is definitely the case when it comes to education or when it comes to, you know, what it is that, uh, you, that you do. I mean, Look, teaching is, I, I you know, hats off to teachers. You know, it's a tough, it's a tough gig. I couldn't, you know, teens or and and, and tweens are annoying, <laughs> or they can yeah. be right, uh, because you know you're dealing with the unruliness and you know all that kind of stuff. And, and you know when you think about what it is that you guys do, whether it's a, a product or whether it's you know trying to just you know build a plan for someone. There's pros and cons to everything. Nothing is going to just be perfect. Uh, you've got to work your way through the the situations. Yeah. And, you know, we like to, you know, after we do a plan for somebody and then you get to the, of course, the products area, you know, how we're going to do this plan is uh, I like to explain that the, obviously the pros are easy, but, uh, you know, I like to say, look, everything's got a few downfalls and here's what, here's what this is. I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if it's a 401k, an IRA, a mutual fund, you know, I don't like to, you know, spend two hours talking about each, each particular thing, but I like to point out, you know, the, the cons, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, it's just like in work and everything else in life, you know, there's some things about it you don't like, or may not be all that good. And then the client gets to decide, okay, well, there's, there's enough things here that I do like about yeah. this, yeah. that, uh, that this makes sense in my plan, you know, type same way with our jobs. I mean, you know, uh, will we get kind of sick of them, uh, just like in teaching? And I do give them a lot of credit. Sure, I do think it's a tough profession. Yeah, it is uh, and it seems like around here they're always cutting budgets and everything else. You know, they just don't want to pay them. Right, but that's yeah. a whole different story. Sure, but uh, you know, it, it's you know, if you get sick of it, you know, then then in your job, you know, you tend to leave. And uh, obviously, as an advisor, you know, if if the particular product portion of things or the plan changes. It's up to us to you know advise the client. Hey, this just just doesn't work in your plan. It's just not anymore. working now, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And oftentimes that's maybe an investment, right? That's the you know it's mm-hmm. kind of the, the dog investments, if you will, right? It's no longer performing yeah. ad- adequately, or or there's too much risk, or you know something like that. Uh, yeah. and, and that kind of walks in nicely to the strategy of laying things out ahead of time. Most number four here, most teachers plan out often they plan out their lesson plans for the whole year. They, they have the guided curriculum, I suppose from the school district, but they still kind of plan things out for the whole year. And if you think about your financial plan, that's similar fashion, right? I mean, you guys are, you should be laying out a plan that's, that's multiple years. Now, granted it, you need to be flexible that it's going to change because life's going to happen. But it's still the point of having a roadmap over, you know, let's say two to five years before retirement. And then, you know, the first couple of years of retirement and so on and so forth. Yeah. And today it, it's a lot easier than it used to be 10, 15, 20 years ago in the financial world. You know, I, I remember when I was growing up with teachers, I, I didn't really realize why they stayed after school. And really they were working on their, their, their lesson plans, you know, and updating and things. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they've got better tools now too, like we do. But yeah, these days, 
you know, I, I technically won't really get into a relationship with a client unless we do a financial plan uh, beforehand. It's very easy. We can do it on the computer. At least we've got a starting point because otherwise it's really them just telling us facts and us just, you know, off the cuff giving advice. And it's like going to the doctor, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of analogies out there, but they're not going to simply sit there and tell you uh, what or how to treat you without kind of knowing what's going on. Yeah, and I mean, so, well, think about this, right? So as a, for a doctor or even for yourself at the same kind of looking at the profession, you could probably walk in and say, I've got a cough, you know, and I got this. And they probably have a pretty good idea of what's wrong with you, right? I mean, they yeah, probably could yeah. tell you, exa- yeah. you know, what they want you to take or whatever to get better. But to be on the safe side, they test it, right? They test you. They do some checks or whatever. Well, I mean, I, you've been doing this a long time, Tony. When somebody comes in and, and they first lay out the information that they've got, what they've got saved and what, you know, different accounts, you probably, you know, you've been doing this long enough, could probably put together a plan on the spot. But that's not the smart yeah. move, right? That's not the prudent move. Your job is to really dig deep and find out and get the right plan, not just, and I think maybe that goes back to that cookie cutter thing, right? You can walk into yeah. someplace and get a cookie cutter because they've seen thousand versions of you, but yet at the same time, those are just those universal pieces that affect us all. Like when to turn take social security, I have the 401k, how do I turn it on? Right. That's all universal, but individually, Tony, you're different than I am and so on and so forth. Yeah. I, I think at the heart of it, you know, if, if we as advisors were going to do that, I don't think the clients getting the value that they need, number one. And, yeah. uh, you know, they're, they're paying us to do this, yeah. whether it's, you know, in, in a, in a fixed fee asset based, you know, type of thing, or even some advisors still charge commissions, but right. it behooves us to get to know the client and yeah. figure out, you know, really what they're trying to do rather than just, you yeah. know, blanketly. I mean, cause you have this, them. yeah, you have the skill set. You certainly could identify we that could. quickly, but Absolutely. that's not doing service, right? That's not providing good service. So no, that's, a uh, that, that's more of uh, the dinner party, you know, chat, you know, somebody asks you something and you just throw something off, off the cuff and you're talking yeah. general, but okay. yeah. you know, if you really want to plan, you know, I, I think it, it has to go way deeper. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's do two more here on our, our retirement classroom analogy and, uh, and then we'll wrap up. So age appropriate instruction is important, certainly for teachers, right? You're, you're not teaching calculus to first graders, right? In, yeah. in, unless they're a genius. <laughs> so, That's right. you know, but so same thing kind of with you, right? There's, there's different aspects of what you do where maybe not quite that diverse, but why talk about RMDs? Yes, you could kind of you can kind of get into it a little bit and say, okay, we're going to put together a strategy for RMDs when you turn 75 based on the new Secure Act rules, let's say for you and I at 75. But if I'm only 55 and seeing you, that's probably not the main focus at that time. No. And really a lot of it has a lot of the strategies that we use have to do with uh, you know your age and where you're at in the whole process mm-hmm. because you know, like you say, the easy part, no sense of talking to a young person about, you know, like RMDs and like you said, and annuities or anything else like that. And at the same time, you get a little older. I think some of the retirees, you know, you have to keep it basic and you certainly don't want to be, uh, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of regulatory things, you know, where, where we have to go through of making sure, you know, that whatever we're recommending is appropriate for the client and their situation. That's on a regulatory aspect, but we should know better as advisors what you know, a client can handle and whatnot. And you usually can tell from talking to them. Uh, and sometimes it's it's to their detriment. You know, they want to be over analytical, but uh, you want to make sure that you are being appropriate, not only for their age, but their 
um, you know, investment knowledge, things like that. And it doesn't have to be overly complicated. I don't, I think sometimes we as advisors tend to get too much in the weeds uh, with some of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. And it, again, it, it, there's definitely age related items when it comes to retirement planning, depending on how long you're now, if you're walking in the door at, at 60 saying, I want to retire at 62, then obviously you're going to get right into all of the stuff. But again, if you're, if you're starting with a financial professional at, at 45 or 48 or 50, you know, we talked Tony often that we, we kind of uh, Memorial days coming up, right? We're taping this in about the middle of May. Memorial Day is coming up, and it's not technically the kickoff to summer, right? It's right. Uh, it's technically not summer, but we all treat Memorial Day as the unofficial start to summer, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah, everybody does, right? Well, 50 is kind of that unofficial start to retirement, right? We all start to get a little more serious about it when we get over 50, I think. Then we start to, our mind starts to go, eh, but maybe I better start thinking about this stuff a little bit more heavily. So, there's going to be age, you know, kind of appropriate instructions involved with working with a financial advisor, depending on your age. Does that make yeah, sense? I, I, yeah, I mean, it, it makes total sense. I, I think for people, especially now that I'm, you know, 55, yeah, you start really starting to think about, and so are our clients at this age, is not only retirement, but when to call it quits. Mm-hmm. You know, what's my monthly income going to be? And are we going to be, that, you know, essential question, are we going to be okay? In other words, am I going to have enough money yeah. to, you know, to, at the end to basically do what I do now and hopefully a little better? Yeah, there you go. All right, well, let's do the last one here. And this is just lifelong learning is a great habit to develop. All of my teachers, all the teachers I've ever come across, you know, they're always like, hey, never stop learning, never stop. And, and I think that's a folly of being young, right? We all know that we, yeah. we see 16, we were that way too. You see a 16 year old or a 17 year old or a 20 year old and they think they know everything, right? You know, uh, how many, how many of us have felt that way and said that about our own kids or grandkids or nephews or nieces or just in general, right? But I think a smart person, a truly smart person, realizes that life is always bringing us something to learn. Uh, and if we don't accept that and learn along the way, we probably don't grow very well as a person. And the same thing holds true with what you do. I mean, you continue to go to educational events and things. You've been doing this a long time, and you pretty much know all the ins and outs, but there's always something new to learn. Always something. It always amazes me. My son has fallen into this group, although I think he's get, starting to get it now at 26. So hopefully he's, uh, yeah, I think he listens to these sometimes, so I'll put him on the spot. But <laughs> a lot of college students, you know, they get out and say, well, you know, I've got a four-year degree uh, or or maybe even a master's. And uh, that's it for me. I, I've learned all I need to learn. I'm, I'm done with school. And, yeah. and they find out very quickly that I need to be learning something, you know, depending on what type of profession you go into and whatnot. So I would say for all the young people listening, uh, don't, don't stop trying to learn because in this day and age, especially life is just going to pass you by so quickly with technology and whatnot. But in, uh, in the, in the financial sector, same way, you know, I mean, even us, you know, we, I, for me, unfortunately, I have a lot of masters in terms of continuing ed requirements and, and that kind of thing. So it's kind of forced upon me, but for clients, they need to really at least not do too much homework on our, on their own. Cause we were talking about that earlier, Sure. but if they're interested, they need to kind of at least try to keep abreast of things and what's yeah, going on. That cursory knowledge for sure. Yeah. Just, just some things. And and if not ask your advisor that that's, that's what they're there for. And you know, that's what you're paying them for. Yeah. Um, if you know, they're going to have a lot of the answers and if they don't, they're certainly going to be able to, to get it for you. Yeah. But we you certainly want to be. Yeah. We learning. preach off the, often here, Tony, you know, like know what it is that you have and why you have it. 
right? Yes. And that's that, yeah. that's still that lifelong learning, right? So know what if you're thinking about getting into a particular investment, then know a little bit about it. Don't just want to jump into it because it's got a cool logo, right? You want to know a little Absolutely. bit about it or whatever the case is. So that's uh, that's you know that's the podcast this week. That's just kind of uh, taking some analogies there, and sometimes I think we did a good job talking about thinking about how we learn in the classroom and teachers uh, and applying that to because really that's what you are as well, Tony. You're a teacher. You know, it might be finance and taxes, but you're still teaching and educating. Yeah, so. that's what we're doing. I mean, we, you know, we're, we're basically taking the, the the stuff we've learned over the years. It's in between our our two years and advising people, which yep. is, is you know, which similar. is teaching. Yep. Yeah, coaching, teaching. teaching, whatever you want to call it, right? Yeah, kind of falls right. in the same category. So, if you got some questions or concerns, get yourself onto the calendar. If you're not already working with Tony and his team. Uh, at Tax Doctor Inc. and reach out to them, yourplanningpros.com. That's yourplanningpros.com. A lot of good tools, tips, and resources at the website there. Uh, you can reach out to them, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, all that good stuff. And we will see you next time here on Plan with the Tax Man. For Tony Morrow, I'm your host, Mark Killian. We'll catch you next time. Securities offered through Avantax Investment Services, SM. Member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Avantax Advisory Services. Insurance services offered through an Avantax-affiliated insurance agency.